This is a podcast about two sisters raised in an effed up family. My name is Christine. I am Jesse's older sister. I was raised by a gaslighting, manipulative mother who raised me to believe people either rejected you or weren't rejecting you. My father was a crazy, racist, vulgar alcoholic who was in and out of my life. And my name is Jesse. I'm Christine's little sister. I was raised solely by the crazy, racist father who raised me to believe I had to earn or buy someone's love. Hello to all of our family burrito listeners out there whose dead mean granny's birthday is today and would have been 95 years old today if she were still alive, running around, terrorizing the good people of Fort Worth. Welcome back to the Family Burrito Podcast. Happy birthday special to our Dead Racist Grandmother Edition. My name is Christine. My sister Jessie and I started this podcast as a way to heal our judgmental, mean granny wounds and do life on our own damn terms. Jessie, Jess. Hey, hey. How you doing? Oh, I'm good. I just sat down for the first time in forever, I feel like. Really? Yeah, I've been well, trying to walk on my walker a lot, mm-hmm. and I hate sitting down. Yeah. So, yeah, I've just been walking with my little granny walker. Your granny walker. Um, thanks, Grandma Lou, for uh, breaking your leg and keeping you. Uh, you know what? You can't. She can't keep you down. Look at you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, no, thank God for, you know, I call it Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, hell yes. You know, and then I just bought a little basket for it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you have a little bell on there? (laughs) No, not yet. But I just got sick of the wheelchair. Yeah. And um, I need to be standing up more. So, yeah, here I go. My leg is like, my right leg is like twice the size of my left leg. My thighs are fighting for space, man. It's (laughs) <laughs> well, you know what they say, thick thighs saves lives. Yeah, what about swollen thighs? Oh, girl, I don't know. I don't know, but <laughs> I... Possibly a little bruised. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy that you're getting up and walking. It's nice and refreshing. Unlike my mother, you know, who, you know, she's, I guess, wheelchair-bound. I have no idea, but I just know that she just just wants to be sick and hurting and you know all that stuff that sounds crazy but that's oh yeah, what yeah. No, my body does. and my mind are like they want to go so it's telling my right leg like my body and my mind tell my right leg stop being a little bitch mm-hmm. and get your shit together mm-hmm. and let's go <laughs> yeah let's do this <laughs> yeah it's funny it's funny how the brain and the body like really do work together and when a part of your body fails, your brain's like, what the fuck, you stupid son of a bitch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, mind-body connection is so damn true. I mean, it is just so true. Like, what you think you are is what you are, you know? Like, I'll do, you know, like, little tests on myself. Like, you know, if I'm, you know, just maybe feeling insecure. When the moon is in Virgo, that's, <laughs> that's when I know I'm, like, feeling insecure and not, I feel ugly or whatever, you know? But what I'll do is I'll, like, take a picture of myself, and I look ugly. And then I'll go, okay, Christine, you are beautiful, you look great. And then I'll take another picture, and I'm like, I look great, you know? It's like, it is totally whatever you think you are is what you are. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, and that's the thing, too, like, 
we are so mean to ourselves. Like, I think yes. most people are mean to our, you know, just ourselves in general. Well, I saw this great post on Instagram and it was like, next time you're talking down to yourself, remember you're talking down to this little girl and it was a picture of her like at five years old or whatever. Mm, yeah. So it's basically like you're talking down, like you're talking down to your little child self as well. Like, mm-hmm. if, like well, you wouldn't talk, so you wouldn't tell a five-year-old they suck. Well, maybe I, I possibly could. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, and why most normal people would not. (laughs) Yeah, and for like for myself, like I've had to train my brain to accept compliments. It's so easy for me to give compliments to others because I just truly just love people. I love, you know, telling them, you know, especially my clients, you know, because they're usually beat down emotionally or got stuff a lot of stuff going on. So I always like try to point out something that that you know they have cool shoes on or you know because i gotta have a lot of homeless people too that i see so try to find that one thing you know and um but like you know for myself it's taken me man almost two years to really when someone gives me a compliment i take it and i'm like thank you instead of you know before i would be like oh you like this shirt oh yeah i got it off amazon it's just crap you know it just instead of saying thank you you know i've had to literally train my brain to say thank you thank you thank you now i actually believe it yeah and there's um i don't know who did this study but it was basically like going around recording people maybe it was a movie Mm -hmm. i think it was in a movie and this like in the character in the movie had a project and he like went around and told people that they're beautiful Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, look at their reactions. You know, movie I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was a dude on the street. He was I don't know, it was like a a TikTok, a YouTube, or something. Yeah, a guy was like like telling people, telling that. Yeah, I was like, man, that's awesome. I love it because you get to see their reactions, and you know, when people tell me I'm pretty or whatever, um, gosh, I'm about to sound so conceited. I've heard it like my entire life, so I'm just like I, it goes one through one ear and out the other. And for a long time, it did, and then I started like appreciating it more because I was like, man, like people have been saying that to you, so you should just appreciate the fact that people think that your face looks good, right? And your hair and your tits, right? And, and your ass and your thighs, and ass, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it really totally is true. I mean, you, you are beautiful. I've always had my friends, you know, that know you or like, you know, she's, your sister is so pretty. I, I mean, you know, our friend Beth, you know, she always says that Jesse is so pretty. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to take those compliments when you're raised by an abusive parent, you know, day in and day out, you're told these, all these horrible things. And so when someone that you don't even know tells you something nice about you. It's hard to believe. Like you don't even know me. Like, how do you, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You're like, thank you. And then you're just like, man, because you feel like ugly on the inside. You're like, like, but I have an extra 30 pounds on me or whatever the situation Mm -hmm. might be that day where you're just not feeling cute and people are like no you're gorgeous and you're just like oh thanks uh, i really don't feel it <laughs> yeah but, um but i it's also a mindset like happiness so right. it's it's a it's a tricky little game you have to play with your mind you yes know? yes a thousand percent because 
you know, we can get in these moods or, you know, and a lot of things can affect our moods. Well, we ate the day before. Did I take my probiotic? Did I take my ashwagandha? Did I get enough sleep? Did I have alcohol the night before? You know what I mean? Like, did I travel for several days in a row? Is my, you know, there's lots of things that can like affect our energy, our emotions. Um, but what's super cool is at any moment, we can change how we feel at any freaking moment. We can change how I feel like this morning. I don't know. I was feeling um, kind of like anxious. I didn't get a whole lot of sleep last night. I was catching up on my business stuff. I wrote a blog about how um, I'm grateful my dad was racist because that basically is why my purpose and passion in this world is spotlighting injustice and finding solutions on all sides, you know? And so anyway, so, but this morning I was texting with dad's best friend, Larry, and, um, you know, dad didn't have a lot of friends and Larry's a really nice guy. And I was like, you know, asking him to, did my dad like ever say like, why are you my friend? <laughs> and he said, no, he never asked me that, but he said he was my friend because I was, cause he viewed him as, as fearless. And I was like, that's really cool. So like, as I was like feeling anxious and didn't get a lot of sleep. Oh, and by the way, and I had been drinking water. That's one thing I realized. I usually have, you know, my water every day with my lemon. I haven't been drinking a whole lot of water over the past few days because I was in New Orleans. But anyway, so I was like feeling anxious and dehydrated. And then after I read that text, I just started saying, I am fearless. I am fear. I just started walking around going, I'm fearless. And I felt so much better in five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Those mantras help a lot. Oh, hell yeah. I've had where, um, when I was going through like my really deep healing stuff, um, I was just feeling kind of down one day and just, and it was really annoying me because I was like, I've been high vibing and today I'm feeling low vibe, you know? And I was just kind of like, you know, and then um, I just started saying, I am limitless and I am powerful. I am limitless and I am powerful. And I just started saying it. And then I stood, I was laying in bed and I stood up and I just started yelling it. And then I got on the ground, Jesse, and I swung my freaking legs over and touched my nose with my legs. I was like, oh my God. And I was like, Sophia, come here. And I just kept saying it and then did it again. She's like, Jesus Christ, mom. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, when Sophia's like, I was raised by a psycho. Yeah, yeah. She's in therapy. Yeah, as she says, like, psycho mode activated. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, yeah, that little girl is awesome, though. Oh, my I, God. Yeah. I we... remember, what, what was it? She got those, like, uh, color light strips around her bed, and they were mm-hmm. red. Uh-huh. And she, like, laid down on her bed, and she was like, or she say, hail Satan or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, she got those lights, and... um. Like when she first got those lights, I was in her room, like on the floor, I don't know, stretching or doing yoga move or something. And she was on her bed. And then next thing I know, her head's like hanging upside down from the bed. And she goes, hey, mom, you want to have a seance? <laughs> <laughs> like, how the hell do you know what a seance is? I love it. Yeah. yeah that little girl's awesome. She's super cool. Uh, my, old, my little sister, Sierra, she texted me and she was like, so Sophia's an emo kid, huh? Yep. I guess you saw those pictures from New Orleans, you know? Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. 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 So, so how was New Orleans? New Orleans? Of? It was great. Um, we, uh, you know, we had the, like a really nice condo, like two bedroom apartment condo thing. And uh, it was like right in downtown. That's the only part I didn't like was the downtown part because 
Oh my God. Car alarms were going off all night long on a Friday night. Um, apparently they have a lot of, um, crime there and I'll get to that in just a minute, but, um, we had a great time. Um, we just basically, we didn't have any plans and we just kind of went where the wind took us. And then we got tired. We would go back to the hotel and, you know, not the hotel, the apartment thing and, and rest and, and there was no pressure and it was great. You know, it was really great. And, um, you know, getting to know her and, and spending those moments with her, just, I love it. You know, I, it, those times for connection and, you know, you get to, when you really just listen to your kid and you, you find out so much about them, you know, like for instance, you know, she's been saying she's a lesbian for three years and, um, apparently she likes redheads, Jesse. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're evil. And I was like, I'm like big booty redheads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but she's like, no, you know, the girl that she likes is, she said has a flat, butt. but, um, anyway, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was great. Um, but you know, we took a, li- we would take a lift everywhere we go. We walked a lot and we also would take a lift depending on where we were going. And man, I just, man, every time I get in a lift, I find out within, you know, it could just be a 10 minute ride. And I just find out so much about the driver. And I always just end up hearing these incredible stories like, oh, one of the Lyft drivers, we, so the first night we went and got groceries um, and uh, Ruth, our Lyft driver, picked us up and, well, we had put the groceries in the back of the trunk of Ruth's car, you know, the Lyft driver. And Sophia accidentally grabbed one of Ruth's bags back there. So we were like, I was like, I don't know what this bag is, you know, and I didn't want to look at it. It scared me, you know, and then Sophia accidentally left her purse in Ruth's car. So the next day, Ruth and I met up and turns out she has um, a mindfulness uh, subscription box um, company that she has started for African-American women. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she gave me her business card. And so, yeah, shout out to Ruth. Um, I'll put her stuff in our show her her stuff in our show notes. Um, so, cause I've actually been thinking about doing a mindfulness subscription box, but, um, anyways, and then, um, I, on the way home, on the way to the airport, Larry was our driver and, you know, that's a little bit, a longer drive. And I just love, you know, I don't watch the news really. I, I want to hear what the people on the street are saying. And so, um, I was telling Larry about how to get a lot of sleep because the car alarms were going off. And I said, I don't know if cars were getting broken into or cars were just going off. And he was like, oh, they were getting broken into. And I said, really? And he, we started talking about politics and, you know, I don't, I'm, I know that New Orleans is primarily democratic, but, um, I was just like, um, you know, wanting to know what his thoughts were. And he said that, that, you know, the people are real frustrated with um, the mayor of New Orleans. She's from California, and this is her second term. And I guess they don't have enough police um, staff. So the criminals know the response time for the police in the city of New Orleans is like two to three hours. Golly, yeah. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. So, um, and you know, the police are angry at the media because they're the ones announcing this stuff. 
And really what it comes down to is they're irritated with the mayor because she's not saying anything about it. (sighs) Yeah. And so, you know, um, and he was like, you know, that she has been on all these different trips around the world and that they, there's money allotted for her to do that. Um, But, you know, he says that she, you know, with a pandemic and stuff, I mean, he said on one hand, he goes, she's just at the very end extreme of the spectrum because when the pandemic happened, she shut the city down, which was good. They, you know, it could have been worse. You know, they were one of the fastest, highest growing contagious coronavirus, you know, when it started happening and she shut it down. But what happened is a lot of businesses went out of business. And so, you know, there's a lot of frustration with that, you know, with businesses that have been around for a long time and, you know, and I think that's everywhere though, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, even here in Denver, like the stagnation is, um, is, is crazy. Like you used to see places being built all over, like new restaurants pop up all the time. Yeah. It's, it's slowed down a lot, you know? Yeah. And then the economy is changing, you know, we're completely changing the way, like if we're, so this is the thing, if we're stepping away from certain things like uh, fossil fuel or whatever, mm-hmm. the economy is naturally going to change. Well, like when we had the, when we had the pandemic and we literally thrived on having brick and mortar stores, mm-hmm. sit in restaurants, people mm-hmm. going to the grocery store, buying dumb shit at Bed Bath and Beyond. Yep. Like, um, we that's what our economy thrived on, and now mm-hmm. we can't even sell cars because there's no there's not even cars to sell. Mm-hmm. So it when uh, they shut down everything, and then this car the car shortage isn't even due to the pandemic. That's mm-hmm. just because a chip factory decided to catch on fire. Mm-hmm. Totally unrelated to the pandemic, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad year. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Um, so. We have all these supply and chain, the supply and demand chain problems and everything like that. Oh, it's not just her fault. It's not right. just Biden's fault. Right. I mean, it's a lot of his fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no it's not um, his bicycle's fault. <laughs> dude, it's his bicycle's fault. It's uh, Obama's fault for sure. Yeah. Oh, fault. it's always Obama's fault. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, and George W. Bush, you know, because the recession in 2007, 2008, when that started. Mm-hmm. That was bad. Um, and also, I would like to remind everybody that the stock market is based off of human emotion. Correct. Not logic. Correct. So when we base our economy off of what the S&P is doing, which mm-hmm. we actually, we do, but we don't. like that. So when economists, Ruben, my dog is trying to eat the cat shit, y'all. Oh, Lord. Um, Oh my gosh. But anyway, so like when you look at the S&P graph uh, and you like look 10 years from today, right? It was really bad 10 years ago compared to where we are today. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just when you fall so much and because you're up so high and you fall so much, everybody's like, oh my God, we got to sell, we got to sell our stocks Mm -mm, and everything mm -mm. and like that. So it's, it's everybody's fault. It's not just the mayor of New Orleans. It's not just the, you know, um, 
because y'all voted for her, correct? <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. He's like, I don't even know how she got elected. You know what I mean? Who knows? Is it voter fraud at this point? Like, that's why I'm like, is, do we even live in a democracy anymore? Who knows? I have no idea, girl. <laughs> but yeah, but my whole point is it's definitely all of our faults. But when we complain and we just sit there and complain, oh, the mayor this, the mayor that, that is mm-hmm. a dick. Right, right. It's like, what's the solution? And I will say, you know, when the pandemic was happening, everybody was in a frenzy. People were dying left and right. And everybody was in fight or flight, including the politicians, right? And so, I mean, whether you want to say coronavirus was made in a lab, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. But, you know, there was, everybody was in fight or flight. People were freaking out. People were angry. People were anxious. People were you know, just connected, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, it, people were reacting on them. I mean, I guess my point is, is that people were thinking in short terms instead of long terms. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's one of the things we were lied to by so many people that we didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Testing fucking work. (laughs) do Mm -hmm. they even work today who knows well i'm pretty sure they work now um i think that's good that's good they got their shit together yeah because now they're they're making money off of it you know but Um, at the beginning everything was a shit show because we were all experiencing this for the first time Mm -hmm. together yep so and we also elected dumbass motherfuckers yep that's all we do constantly since the beginning of the united states since the beginning of history of the united states we've just put in dumb motherfuckers yeah i mean even george washington was like there shouldn't be a president like it's not going to end well like mm-hmm. this, this mm-hmm. shouldn't be one well and the thing is the thing is is i mean i'm not saying don't vote but it doesn't matter who the president is i create my own happiness it doesn't oh, matter yeah. i am yeah. still, I, mean, I, I am think this was just the beginning the, right you could see the 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 big government you know what i mean right because that's why they colonized in the united states and they colonized here and the revolutionary war happened is because of the taxation and the tyranny of england mm-hmm. and they were like no we're done with this don't tax my motherfucking tea bitch mm-hmm. i'll just start drinking coffee and then we ended up having tobacco and cotton in the united states and that became a big part of our economy, right? Mm-hmm. So we had, and then also slaves. That was a big part of the economy. Yeah. And don't forget about the Native Americans. That we right. Gave them diseases. Well, yeah. I mean, we didn't, yeah, we were just like, bang, bang, bye. Mm-hmm. Well, not we, but probably somebody we were related to. <laughs> so probably. Um, <laughs> but like, but even then, like, they were all, like, the people leading the world then, they, the elitist, if you will, were fucking stupid. Yeah. And usually like inbreds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like what you touched on. You said like people, like the stock market with, you know, people like it's all about emotions, but you know, it's like, you know, long term, if you just let it, your money sit there, it'll grow. It's just, it has cycles. Everything has a cycle. You can't just go up, 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 up and say up right yeah everything has a cycle and so you have to have duality like oh lucy but you you have to come down and then go back up again you know that's just how it works yeah for sure oh it's like that 
one song. Get knocked down, get up again. Mm-hmm. What's I can't. I don't know. I want to get copyrighted. Uh, Isn't so that Chunga Wanga or something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's it. But when I failed my, when I took my Series 7 to become a financial advisor, um, I I learned a lot about the stock market, for one, but I also failed the test. Because it <laughs> it's like one of the hardest tests out there, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, Dad and I were on the phone, and he, he started singing that song to me. Really? Yeah. That's he, cool. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, now every time I hear it, I'm like, fuck yeah, man, can't. What a what a heartwarming moment! Yeah, because I mean, he knew how hard I worked for it, but I got my dyslexia my dyslexia kicked in at the wrong time. I because they gave you um, a cheat sheet to use, mm-hmm. and you can write down. You come in and you write down all your notes on this cheat sheet, right? Mm-hmm. Man, I wrote shit down backwards, like oh wow, equations. I wrote the equations backwards. Oh shit. So my my dyslexia like oh just yeah I made a fifty something on the test because of it like yeah You're, did you go well I'm halfway there yeah basically <laughs> I was I was just like if I had gotten the math part like correct then I would have had like a seventy five and I would have passed because all you needed was like a seventy mm-hmm. but no 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 that... I had to be retarded that oh so we can't use that word no more. I had to be Crap. We're gonna cancel culture. We're gonna get culture. Whatever it is, I don't know. Be canceled. I'm Man, no, so not hip. If um, if you are one, can you still say it? Because I'm pretty sure I am one. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> well, maybe you're like borderline. Your IQ is a little borderline. I don't know. Maybe you're just autistic. Yeah, like, I'm not uh, sure. <laughs> you're just autistic. You're missing the social cues. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, there's a little maybe Asperger's thrown in there. Yeah, Asperger's. What a name! I think whoever made that up was just like, man, we're running out of words. Well, my one of my clients uh, proceeded to tell me that that's a Nazi term. I was like, because oh, I asked, I was asking her because she was so her affect was so flat, but I could tell she was super intelligent, and I was like. Have you ever been tested for Asperger's? And she was like, "That's a Nazi term." And I was like, "Okay, she's alive. She's a shit." I wrote <laughs> something in that. I'm like, "Okay, oh, that's a Nazi term," which is so funny because I was watching the History Channel today, and you know what? When World War II was going on, nobody gave a fuck that Hitler was killing Jews in the mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Why do like, you think that were- is? Because they, okay, they want to say, oh, well, they didn't want to get involved because World War One was such a bad hit uh, on the United States. Bitch, no, it wasn't. It made everybody money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just didn't like Jews. You think that's what it is? Or what? But then, because remember when the Jews came here as refugees, they could only get, like, the same jobs Irish could get. Mm-hmm. If, if nothing less than, like, an Irish. Uh, poor the Jews. Irish were better than the Jews. Yeah. You know, because like yeah. people, uh, they hated the Irish and the Scottish, you know. If you weren't English, then fuck you, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's how that whole, that's how that started. And then also like the beginning of the KKK and everything mm. was like a branch off of that. Ew. So because um, they were like, yeah, we're with Hitler, like white supremacy. We want only white people to rule the world, basically. Blue eye, mm-hmm. blonde hair, motherfuckers, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and most people in the United States, like, I w- I'm not, I'm just guessing, like, probably like 80% of the United States at that point were like down for that. They were like, yeah, like, we don't want other 
other kinds. Yeah, and I I wonder if some of that was kind of a rollover from the depression, you know, era uh, where there were no jobs. And so if you are starting to get come out of that, of course, you don't want competition. You know what I mean? Especially not from an Irish or a Jew or, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. you you know, and and that's the thing as well. Like there were successful black men, right? Mm -hmm. But a white person usually stole their ideas and claimed it as their own. Well, and also too, like whenever, you know, American men were over in World War II, you know, black men were working and then they came and then when the war was over, it was like, yeah, no, we're going to, we're going to terrorize you because you're taking our jobs. Right. Yeah. And it's really sad. It's really, really sad, but at the same time, it's human nature. Mm hmm. So we can just call it what it is and try and try to be better people. Right. And work together. Yeah. But, you know, most people aren't going to do that. I don't know. I think it just depends on on where you're like, because like in my field, I mean, we have there's a team of people for one client. You know, there's a social you know, there's a nurse, there's me, the provider. And so you have these team, you have to work as a team, like for, and we love it. Like, I love, I love working with, with people, you know, with teams of people. I, I love it. You know, now I don't want to do it all day long. You know, I want to be by myself right? <laughs> you know, at times. Yeah. I want to be my own boss. But so it's uh, like, how, how do you think a spaceship gets built? Right. Like it's a team, right? right? If you mm-hmm. always need a team, I'm just like, but that's the thing though. We're not. We're not even willing to work as a team anymore in the United States. I feel like it's more like, you know, just name calling bullshit. Like I've talked about before Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like small little micro groups, like your group or Mm -hmm. SpaceX or NASA or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Those little micro groups are what are changing the world right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. But it used to be, I feel like more of a a macro, like, Mm-hmm. hands across America type shit you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It, we cared more is what I'm saying and then uh, about Americans and then oh also what I was going to say which is so funny and ironic because fate loves irony right mm-hmm. another reason why they say we didn't get into World War II is because we needed to take care of America first okay yeah doesn't that sound familiar and the thing is, is then, at, so this is, this is what's crazy, right? Yeah. So it's like, at what point did we decide we needed to get involved? And then we look like the heroes because, you know, we went over, that was one thing that dad would say, like, you know, when he lived in Germany and I went to go visit him with grandma Lou, you know, when I was like 10 or 11, um, you know, he would go on about how, you know, the Dutch love Americans. They speak English because we rescued them in World War II, you know? We we look like these heroes, you know, and that's I mean, I'm like, is that across the board around the world? Like, do we look like heroes to everyone? So in the we world? would send American soldiers to France mm-hmm. before we got involved, right? Involved mm-hmm. before Pearl Harbor. We would send American soldiers over to France to train the Frenchmen. And um most like most people uh the dutch and everything like that like they're all really close together mm-hmm. so i believe if i have i don't, i'm not really familiar with that part of the history but i do think that american soldiers did save a lot of dutch 
people that were like getting bombed. And yeah, stuff. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I tell you what, one of my favorite books is, um, and I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's all about Adolf Hitler and all the drugs that he was on and how he's the one that made meth. You know, that he's the one that he had scientists. That's, and that's why, like, the French, like, surrendered so quickly because when the Germans, the Nazis invaded them, they went a route that no one expected they would ever go. Like, they were like, this was impossible. They were like com- cl- coming out of these trees, like, you know, just like parachuting, like, and the French were so stunned and shocked. And it, these freaking Nazis were on like meth for days. Yeah. <laughs> and these poor Frenchmen and like, because the French are just like, they're, they're gentle people too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not like out to go harm your children. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, of course it was shot. That that makes a lot of sense, though. World War II was crazy. And also, like, the fact that the United States, we ended up running out of supplies and we made blow-up ships. And we put blow-up blow up fucking ships in the river to make them think, the Germans think, that we had, like, a lead on them and that we yeah. had all these boats. Yeah. When they were just balloons. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, oh, the book, the name of the book is called Blitz. It's called Blitz. Ooh, it's okay. so, you need to read it, Jesse. It's so, so good. Cause it, because basically, you know, Adolf Hitler had his own private doctor that was experimenting on him. And, oh, I and, believe it. And, and logging, they weren't quite sure all the different kinds of drugs he was getting. You know, he would, like, classify them as drug A and B and C. Um, but, I mean, at a certain point, like, I mean, they talk about how Adolf Hitler had a micropenis because of all of the stuff he was being given. Oh my gosh, that I can believe. I bet he did have a micro PP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Poor, well, not poor guy because he deserves it. Like, yeah. <laughs> talk about karma getting you in the worst kind of way. But also, um, if you—that's so flat. Who did the co- who, who did cocaine? There was also like soldiers, right? Like they would just like chew on co- coca leaves. Well, well, like that. one thing it talked about in that book is because they were trying to because like. Because England is actually who stepped in first, you know, because they were closer and, you know, Italians were getting taken over. The French were, you know, surrendered to the Germans. And so and the Russians were, you know, so they were getting taken over. So England is kind of was the first like stepping in and they found they were trying to figure out how do they have such strength? Like, how do they keep going, you know? Well, they ended up finding, um, the story goes, they ended up finding a German plane that had a bunch of meth on it. And the freaking soldiers did it. The English soldiers that did the meth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Well, the, thank you, Hitler, for starting an epidemic. Yeah. 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 Golly. Yeah. And he, um, you know, had all these, you know, scientists, um, you know, working and making, building weapons and, and things like that. But. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that book is really really good because people were telling Hitler you need to fire this doctor because his moves were so erratic and he wouldn't sleep and he was delusional and psychotic, you know, cuz he was given all kinds of stuff and um so, you know, they I guess the rumor is, is that, you know, Hitler was bipolar, but I'm like maybe this was just drug-induced psychosis, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that no for sure. That sounds interesting. I yeah. wonder if he did a lot. I wonder if he did any opiates. 
Yeah, he did. And so he would go up and he'd go down. He'd go up and he'd go down. So he was like up and down, up and down. And the doctor would like mix things to see, you know. Um, but, you know, Hitler, you know. Was the doctor a Jew? I think he was was actually I think this guy yeah I'm pretty sure he was and that's probably too why like the doctor probably was like because in the story you kind of get this feeling that Hitler's like maybe I shouldn't keep this guy around anymore but the doctor was like almost manipulating him you know like oh I love it oh I love it yeah it's a really blitz you got to get it it's it's one of those books I've read twice um because it's it's, and it's a really like quick good read you know it's just fascinating it's just totally fascinating um that sounds good I just got done reading um a novel and it was called the the firstborn it was a murder thriller Mm. murder mystery thriller Mm -hmm. Man, it's crazy. It gave me goosebumps twice. Mm. I had to like go back and reread one part to make sure I re- read it right. I was like, no, what? <laughs> you know well, what I mean? yeah, because between your dyslexia and your, your low IQ and your autism and your Asperger's, it's hard, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So I was like, did I read that correctly? Yeah. I like kept rereading it. Yeah, re re read it. I can read real good. But yeah, I'll get this out. But, uh, my daughter's mad at me. Yeah, well, Jesse, I love you. I'm so glad that your leg is getting better, and I'm glad that you're walking around. You get some rest. I love you. I love you too. <laughs>